your body has an amazing, if you think about it, our bodies have an amazing detoxification system that's happening millions of times per day when the liver cells and the other cells are really working really, really hard to keep our bodies clean. Welcome to Peak Health with Dr. Gupta, where we talk about optimizing your health and maximizing your genetic potential. Today, we're going to discuss the topic of detoxification. Detoxification is the process by which the body eliminates toxins or harmful substances from the body. The organs responsible for this process include the liver, the kidneys, the lungs, and the skin. These organs naturally detoxify the body through processes such as sweating, urination, and breathing. However, some people argue that the modern diet and lifestyle have led to an accumulation of toxins in the body and that additional detoxification measures are necessary. For example, many of you have heard about the celery cleanse or juice cleanses or detox baths and the list goes on and on. Are these methods based on scientific evidence or are they just marketing gimmicks? To answer these questions, we have our special guest today who really needs no introduction as he's been on this podcast several times, Dr. Andy Wong, co-founder and director of Capital Integrative Health. Welcome, Andy. Hey, Robbie. Thanks so much for having me on today. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Happy to have you on. Why don't we just start with a simple question, as I always do. What exactly is detoxification in your words, and what are the phases of detoxification? Yes, thank you. Well, let's let's talk about, I want to break down for the audience for a second, the terms toxin and toxicant. Let's, let's talk about that first. So we have the term toxin, which is defined by the CDC as you know, a substance that is produced naturally, but a poisonous substance. So it could be something that a bacteria produces, something like lipopolysaccharide that then causes gut issues. It could be something that a vegetable produces, a plant, you know. It it can be also, you know, something that's a a substance that basically will kill off cells or alter growth, or, you know, it can even kill you know, organisms, right? We know that there's a lot of substances that are produced by even like poison dart frogs and things like that, right? I just saw something on Netflix where you have these like bright blue frogs. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. And then it's like, oh, but it can actually kill you if you touch it, right? So these are things that we know in the popular literature and on social media and stuff. But then there's also toxicants. So these are these are chemicals that can really kill living organisms and is typically talked about as a toxic substance, a toxicant that is produced by or a byproduct of human activities. So we know about things like dioxin, we know about things like arsenic, and and so that lead, mercury, you know, the, these type of things that actually are found in nature, but then there's, you know, increased production of these from industrial activities that's been happening, especially over the last 100 to 200 years. So Really, your question about kind of, I think you mentioned the intro, you know, do we need more detoxification? I will talk about the different phases of detoxification first, and then we'll kind of talk about, you know, are these miracle cures really miracles? You know, how do we, how do we talk about detox? So we talk about basically four to five different organs in the detoxification quote-unquote system. The liver is responsible for at least 60% of all detoxification. So we would call it the master detoxification organ. And we'll go into the liver phase, you know, detoxes in a bit in terms of the different phases of liver detox. The other organs that are involved, which are really, really important, 
to not ignore. We'll, we'll focus on the liver first, but we do want to make sure that we know that it's really important to have good urination. So that's going to be, you know, kidney and and having having good urination to, you know, urinate out some toxins there. The colon, which will be involved in, of course, production of of healthy and regular bowel movement, because a lot of times toxins are once the nutrients are absorbed in the small intestine, then the waste products are in the in the colon, and then that gets excreted. So that's going to be really important. Besides the liver, the kidney, and the colon, of course, we have the skin, which is the largest organ of the body, external organ anyway, that we know. And so the skin is going to be important for detoxification because there are certain toxins, especially things like plastics, that can only be excreted through sweat. Mm. And so that's why exercise is really important. We can talk about that. And then in addition to the skin, we have the lymphatic system, which is an internal. And the lymphatic system is kind of collecting all these different toxins and eventually going to pass them on to either the urine or the stool. And so that's kind of an intermediate system, but having a good lymphatic system is really critical as well. And that's why things like body work and sauna and even things you can do at home, like dry brushing are really, really important. So a lot of these things you can you can do. But I think the biggest thing, you know, early on when it's tell talk to your listeners about Robbie is that your body has an amazing, if you think about it, our bodies have an amazing detoxification system that's happening millions of times per day when the liver cells and the other cells are really working really, really hard to keep our bodies clean. Let's face it. Let's let's actually do a little visualization right now, if you don't mind. And right now what I'm doing is I'm I'm visualizing the earth, right? You know, pretend we're astronauts and we're kind of up in outer space. And we're seeing this, you know, great, you know, big black outer space. And we have some stars and things and we see the earth. But imagine that we have a bunch of chemical factories there. We have pollutants, you know, we have smog, you know, we have different things that are happening to the planet. And, you know, a lot of times we look at this and we visualize the earth, we we kind of see it from a macro level, like it's so beautiful and it is. And what we've been doing over the past, you know, especially 100, 200, 300 years post-industrial revolution is we've been polluting the earth. So the issue is not that our bodies can't detoxify because our bodies are doing an amazing job, you know, millions of times a day of really taking these chemicals and transforming them into something safer that can be excreted by our detox organs. But it's just the toxic load and the toxicant load is much higher now than it was 100, 200 years ago. And so you imagine that earth with this like smog around it, right? That's kind of what we're dealing with, even though we don't right. see it from a macro level. Now let's talk about the liver, which is your, our main, you know, we can call it our, if there was a kingdom of detox organs, you know, the liver would be the king and queen, you know, it'd have that nice little tiara or whatever you call it, you know, sitting on the throne both, there. Both it the is really the master detox organ. What would you say? I said both the king and queen combined. Both the king and queen. Yeah. yeah. Gender, gender neutral. It's really, really all of the above it, because with a functioning liver, you know, again, the liver deals with so much, literally so much shit, you know what I mean? Like so much stuff. You can also leave that out if you want that, you know, if you think about a sewer system, right? If you think about a sewer system, like we all are generally living in areas where there's municipal systems that are filtering out waste products. But by the time it gets to our drinking water in the public health system, you know, we're drinking water that typically is pretty clean. We're not getting we're not getting diarrhea from drinking the water, right? So in the same way, our liver is detoxing our bodies in a very natural way and a very regular way that we're not actually 
subjected to the effects of the toxicants that we we would be if the liver wasn't working well. Yeah. And it's doing this in the background. It's kind of running this amazing, you know, almost like computer programming, you know, automatic detox system in the background. So the question of do we need extra detox is going to be really dependent individually on that person's constitution, on their toxicant burden, and then on their ability of their own body to detox. Some people do need a little bit of extra detox, and it gets into things like genetics and epigenetics and things like that. But liver is going to be kind of divided. We're going to talk about kind of the detox system as a whole. Phase one liver detox is going to be something where essentially is is basically called oxidation reduction and hydrolysis. So the the, the simple way to think about phase one is that the this pathway converts a toxic chemical or, or I should say I should say that this this pathway actually converts a uh, a fat soluble toxin because toxins are fat soluble meaning they will dissolve in in fat so whether it's visceral fat or whether it's cell membranes which are fatty whether it's the brain which is 60% fat you know these toxins get stored in the body but the liver's job is to try to change a toxic substance is something that is safe to excrete, usually by, you know, often by either urine or stool. Now, phase one, which is the oxidation reduction, actually converts that toxin into what's called a reactive intermediate. The reactive intermediate, actually, I kind of am a simple person, Ravi, and I I can't really understand all, you know, scientific, as a doctor, yes, but, you know, as an English major, so we're going to go with these analogies here that people can understand. So if I take a potato, let's pretend this potato is a toxin. It's not, it's, it's good. Sometimes it's nice to eat potatoes, but let's, let's pretend we heat up this potato. We might even like, you know, heat up in the oven and it becomes really hot. And, and so we're transforming that into something that could be okay, but it's super hot. If you take that potato in your hand and, you know, at 450 degrees, what's going to happen to your hand? It's going to get burnt, right? Right, right? So a toxin that then changes to an intermediate metabolite, if that hot potato is not neutralized, so to speak, and you put some water on it, you let it cool off, and you can excrete that, you know, quote unquote toxin, then it can damage the cells in your body. So this intermediate metabolite then gets changed in phase two, which is called the conjugation pathway. And the conjugation um, pathway- And before you go on, let me me just summarize this, because what you you, you said so much information, and I just want to make sure people understand. Yeah. So basically, what you're saying is that we are constantly exposed to toxins, you're, you know, you're in a visualization exercise about visualizing the earth and the pollutants and you know, the industrial pollutants, the plastics and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're constantly exposed to those things. We weren't exposed to those things hundreds of years ago. This is something that's, that's relatively new and our bodies were not designed to detoxify and, and manipulate all of these chemicals that we're exposed to. Now we can do it. It's not like we are incapable of doing it but it requires extra energy, extra reactions, you know, extra coenzymes and nutrients and all those types of things to make it happen. So what you're saying, the primary detoxifier is the liver, the king, the king and queen, general, general neutral detoxifier is the liver. And the liver goes, there's, there's two phases the, you just described phase one, which is we call the CYP450 enzymatic phase, right? So that's the phase where there's oxidation reduction, hydrolysis, and there's nutrients that are used in that phase, but that's where you get the reactive 
oxygen intermediates that are produced. So you're in order to metabolize these toxins, you produce a reactive intermediary, and then it goes to phase two. And that's what you're describing now. Phase two is a process where you take this reactive intermediary and conjugate it so that it is not toxic and it's able to be excreted. So I just want to summarize that so people understand. Let's go ahead with phase two. Are you struggling with reaching your health goals? Do you feel like you need extra help to achieve your desired level of wellness? Well, we're here to tell you that you're not alone. Our website at peakwellnesshealth.com, which is linked in the show notes below, offers a variety of resources to help you on your journey towards optimal health. One of the most popular resources is the 10-Day Body Reset Course, which is designed to teach you about diet, sleep, meditation, exercise, and how to lower your blood sugar, blood pressure, body fat, and improve your biomarkers all in just 10 days. Our program is comprehensive yet easy to follow, and we've seen amazing results for those who have completed it. But that's not all. We offer a body optimization course, which teaches you how to lose fat and build muscle. Our program is tailored towards your individual needs and goals so that you can be sure that you're getting the most effective guidance. And if you need even more personalized support, we offer one-on-one consultations. During these sessions, we'll work with you to create a personalized plan that takes into account your unique circumstances, preferences, and goals. Visit peakwellnesshealth.com today and take the first step towards achieving your health goals. Thank you, Robbie. I would just say one more thing about phase one, which you brought up is that our bodies have evolved over millions of years to have these cytochrome P450 enzymes in the liver, the system of detoxification of things like chemicals, pollutants, microbial byproducts, but also also drugs, you know, drugs that are prescription drugs, the counter drugs. These are detoxified by, by phase one liver detox, which is the cytochrome P450 system. And right now what's happening in our in our world is that we have so many toxins that the toxins are overrunning our own kind of evolutionary system because this was designed for millions of years ago when we didn't really have all these toxins. You know, it's kind of like it can it can deal with some toxins, but it, it's hard to deal with all of them coming at one time. So in phase two, which like you said, is conjugation, again, what's happening is that intermediate metabolite that could be potentially damaging to the cells then turns into, through a process called conjugation, into something called an excretory derivative, which basically is something that is water-soluble. It can get peed out or pooped out. And the idea is that you, you're going to need really healthy kidney function, colon function for this to happen, but you also need various nutrients that are involved in these different conjugation reactions for that to happen. So going back to the hot potato analogy, if you have that hot potato in the middle of that between phase one and phase two, you know, phase two is kind of like cooling off that potato so you can handle it and, and you know, deal with it. And then phase two, we can talk about, you know, I, I, I don't know if you want to talk about different nutrients that are needed for these phases now or later, but. Or we could, yeah, maybe we could talk about those in just a little bit because we are going to yeah. talk about nutrients. These are the two basic phases of detoxification. We have the toxin that you described, goes through phase one, creates an intermediate metabolite, which is a reactive oxygen intermediate. And then it's conjugated through phase two. And then it's excreted through the bile, the feces, or the, you know, your kidneys, your urine. You can sweat out these toxins, as you mentioned earlier. That's basically the process in which this happens. There are, there are many nutrients that are used in this process. There are also plant derivatives and antioxidant types of support mechanisms that this detoxification process has. 
so that it can operate well and cleanly. And what happens, Andy, if, for example, you go through phase one, but you don't have the substrate to complete phase two? Well, like, what's the consequence? Well, the consequence is that these intermediate metabolites, Robbie, form what's called reactive oxygen intermediates, which then damage the cells and tissues. And basically what that means in terms of damage the cells and tissues is it creates what's called in, in functional medicine oxidative stress. It basically means it's there's damage to things like fats and proteins and basically the cellular structures, which then ultimately lead to cellular damage, including DNA damage. So ultimately what may happen in those situations is that people can develop things like cancer from those, you know, DNA damage, but it could be something, you know, less obvious, like people might have symptoms, like they might have trouble with energy production because their cellular machinery is not working as well because they have that oxidative stress, that damage. I kind of think of it like like rust, you know, oxidative stress is like rust on a bicycle. Like if you're riding that bicycle and you get it caught out in the rain and you haven't like dried it off. What's happening is that the inflammation, oxidative stress that happens from incomplete detoxification causes rusting of your system. And no one wants rusting of their cells, right? Right. That, right. that leads to aging, that leads to accelerated aging, that leads to tissue damage, and it can lead to even things like cancer. I think on a more kind of very common level, people might see with detoxification, they might have trouble with things like hormone production or or sleeping, they might have trouble with energy, so they might be complaining of fatigue or say exercise intolerance where they can't they can't do as much as they used to. All these things are potential symptoms of detoxification, you know, issues. So really there's a lot of potential symptoms for this. Yeah. And there's and so there's as you were describing, you know, you could have severe consequences. You could have nonspecific symptoms, you know, and it's because there's so much energy and resources going into this process, especially when you have free radicals, then you, you know, there's more energy going into taking care of those inflammatory particles and those, that damaged tissue. And it's using up resources that you could use in other ways. And then that manifests. In, exactly. In inflammation ways. drains energy. Think of inflammation as a fire. And if there's a fire somewhere, you know, let's, let's say there's fire that that's a big fire and it's attracting a lot of firefighters to that area to deal with that oxidative stress. That's that's then less resources to, you know, have other other kind of people or other other people like, you know, that are gonna be helpful for other things in, in the body. So I would say that's other resources that we, we would say could be making energy or helping digestion, helping cognition, you know, all these different things. So like you said, it is a resource allocation issue, I think, with inflammation and that that will affect energy. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I remember in medical school and, and even in residency, the one main condition which we would think about in terms of glutathione in phase two was Tylenol or acetaminophen toxicity. You know, we saw people being hospitalized for this. And this is a perfect example of how these pathways work and can harm you because if you take too much Tylenol or acetaminophen, you go through a phase one reaction, it creates a free radical and you need glutathione to conjugate that. And if you don't, it could cause permanent liver damage and people actually will die from this condition. And, you know, I remember Andy, you and I would admit, not infrequently, we admit patients. Um, we may have shared a patient with Tylenol overdose. Absolutely. You're probably, probably my attending, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. 
you know, a Tylenol overdose and, you know, you treat them with N-acetylcysteine, yeah. which is one of the substrates for glutathione production, and that will save their life. So, you know, these, these aren't just like random, unimportant pathways we're talking about here. These are potentially life-saving pathways. And since you mentioned Tylenol, Ravi, I'll also mention a favorite of our time in a Georgetown residency, which is alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> not that, not that we were always drinking, but you know, you remember the 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 times, you know, post clinic with the Guinness and all of that, right? Yes. And then we also know that people came to the ER, and and a lot of times they were they were drunk. They needed a banana bag and things like that, right? But alcohol, for the listeners out there, is a toxin, right? Alcohol is a toxin, and it will need to be dealt with by the liver as well. And that's why not only is there you know things like non alcoholic liver disease, but there's also alcoholic liver disease, and that can even lead to things like cirrhosis, where there's like liver failure and you need liver transplants if someone is drinking alcohol heavily for a long period of time. So that, that's a toxin I think people know pretty well. But one of the one of the big lifestyle points, which I guess we can get into later, but I, I would just say one of the main messages today is that if you are trying to optimize your detox system, you do want to stop alcohol completely. Yeah. And let's get let's get to that. I mean, there's your body has natural ways to detoxify. You know, the question is, what do you do to support these detoxification methods? I get, like if we have a person on an expensive, you know, detox program and they're on supplements and they're on, you know, all these things, it, it doesn't make sense for them to also be, you know, drinking a couple of shots, you know, on the weekends. It's, it's, it's kind of like neutralizing the effect of that, of that whole detox program. Right, exactly. I think the, the main thing here is, to stop your exposure to whatever toxin it is. And I mean, we met, you know, you mentioned alcohol. We mentioned, you know, I think we may have mentioned chemicals and food, but what other things do you, do you think about in, in terms of exposures? One of the big things, and, and this is a really good point, and glad you brought that up about toxins and food, is, is whether or not to eat organic or not. So let's talk about kind of the research behind that. So there's been some research and some controversy even on like, is organic worth it? We know that organic is usually more expensive. We know that organic is becoming more popular. It's available in mainstream supermarkets and things like that. There is one reason, one main reason, which is one word to eat organic. And that's something called glyphosate. Glyphosate is one of the chemicals that's found in a, a substance called Roundup. Right. And and this is basically a, a chemical that's that's used to help increase crop production. I think it's sprayed on a lot of crops even afterwards as a desiccant, I think. But the point of glyphosate is that that is a toxin and that will disrupt the gut microbiome. So it will actually kill off. I mean, glyphosate essentially is an antibiotic for your gut microbiome. So you, you know, if you think about trying to avoid antibiotics to keep some of the good bacteria in there. If you're eating conventionally grown food all the time, which you know most of us are, then we're unwilling, unwittingly, I would say, sort of unconsciously or unwittingly destroying the gut microbiome. So the idea is that that's one of those ubiquitous and insidious toxins that are out there that that is affecting the gut. So eating organic, there's also a question of whether or not there's more vitamins and minerals in organic food versus conventionally grown food. I think that jury is still out. I don't think it's that clear that there's more. 
I think anecdotally, I noticed if I go to Mom's Organic Market or something versus if I go to a conventional store, there's going to be like the colors seem deeper and there's more antioxidants. Things. I don't think that's clearly proven yet. I can taste the difference, but I would say buy organic for the ability to minimize the toxins that are that are in the food, right? So that that would make a lot of sense to me. And, and I would say, you know, there's, and I'm very glad you brought this point up because I I hear this a lot from various people. They're like, oh, there's no data to support eating organic. And the the one thing that you're trying to avoid, as we mentioned in the beginning of this talk, is you're trying to avoid that toxic burden. So that, you know, there is data to support glyphosate causing adverse consequences. And, you know, there's cases of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, reproductive. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, glyphosate is a root cause of cancer. Also, there is data to support there is at least, you know, lab measurement data to support the fact that when people switch from a conventional to an organic diet, the urinary excretion of various toxins do go down. So they have measured that. Okay. In other words, they, they've, they've put people on a conventional diet, you know, right. organic diet, and they've, they've found that that there is less toxins in the urine that are being measured in that group that was eating organic. So Does I think- translate think to clinicals? any clinical endpoint or was it just the endpoint was really I don't think it was clinical endpoints I think that's the next step in research is like if you if you have probably they would have to be observational studies over decades to see an effect of that but certainly that would be I think the next step in, in that but in terms of the the urinary excretion of toxins I mean this is often the half life for a lot of these toxins are just a couple of days of that. So a lot of times if, if people are on a diet, organic diet for a week or a month or something like that, you're going to get pretty fast results in terms of reducing that toxic load, you know, Absolutely. right away. I'd love to see more research long-term on how that affects health. But if you think about it, if there are toxins that are known like glyphosate, like you mentioned, Ravi, that are known to cause cancer, why would you want to eat a, a conventional food regularly? Exactly. You yeah, have to. if you can avoid it. Yeah, and, and you can avoid it. I, yeah, I ask people the same thing. Like, you know, if you had Roundup, bottled Roundup next to you, would you spray it on your strawberries and start eating them? Because in essence, you know, that's what you're doing. So would you would you feel comfortable with that? And Exactly. Uh, and and then stra- strawberries, since we're on the strawberry hunt, you know, methyl bromide is another chemical that's in strawberries that ha- that also damages DNA. So that, that's the, the the other the other issue and and that this is why and let me just mention one thing here which I think is semi funny semi serious Robbie is that we can drive ourselves crazy by you know uh, you know in other words we 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 want it, we don't want perfect to be the enemy of the good you know I eat conventional food sometimes you know sometimes we shop at Trader Joe's and that's not mom's but it still tastes good I'm eating with with you know people and it's you know good so so I think. I think we don't want to make perfect the enemy of the good. And even if we do like 80-20 rule or something, that's still going to be right. better than than not being mindful of that. And then there are ways to accelerate the detox system. So, you know, if you do eat that conventionally grown food, there are ways to, you know, help with detoxification, which we can talk about. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really all about consistency. And I've, I've learned this, and I'm sure you've seen this over time, is if you're consistent with the behavior, now there's, let's let's say, exercise or, or working out, like you... You work out heavily for a for a day, you're not going to see muscle gains and muscle hypertrophy. But if you do that consistently, yeah, over the course of weeks and weeks and months, you're going to start seeing changes. You're going to start seeing improvements, and that's and it goes the other way with you know these types of things. So if you eat poor food on a daily basis and consistently do that, then you know it'll lead to consequences versus 
eating well and healthy on a daily basis. So, so a practical action step, let's say for alcohol and organic food, let's say you're listening out there, well, I enjoy going out with my friends. I enjoy drinking, you know, a beer or something with my conventionally raised pizza, you know, kind of thing, going to the bar that maybe they're saying that. So how do you build in that to your life and make it more consistent on a healthy basis? Maybe once a month you go out with your friends and you don't have alcohol and you say, I'm enjoying your company, Ravi. As a as a person, as a friend, as opposed to I'm in, I'm coming out just for the beer, right? Yeah. So you could do that. You could also say, well, once a month I'm going to shop at an organic market and just build that into your lifestyle, and then you start building in these systems that then naturally make your lives healthier and make the toxic load go down naturally without you having to think about it too much. You and you remember when we were kids on the milk cartons at school used to say, I don't need drugs to have fun. Yeah, yeah. Remember those milk cartons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what I thought of when you gave me when you when you told me that message there. That yeah, yeah. I think I think that's company. I think that's a good one. That's a good one. We, we should bring those back. Yeah, we should. Hey, folks, make sure to join us for part two of this episode where Dr. Andy Wong and I finish our deep dive into detoxification and how you can take better care of your body so you can reach your health goals and help prevent disease. We'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please make sure to hit the subscribe and the like button and leave a comment about what you'd like to see on our future episodes. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only, does not substitute for professional care, nor does it constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for medical care, please seek a qualified doctor or medical professional. For more information, or if you'd like to check out our programs, please visit our website, peakwellnesshealth.com. That's peakwellnesshealth.com.